Attention, bobsled riders! You will soon be embarking on a thrilling podcast down the icy slopes of the Matterhorn. So please remain seated, keeping your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the bobsled at all times. All rise for the people versus Disneyland. We are the Matterhorn Yodlers. And I'm here, I'm Japheth, and I'm here with Peter, Jackie, and we are going to go over a very interesting book today. Yes. It's a book that I got, um, my fellow yodeler Peter here, yes. for his, what was it Christmas or your birthday? Uh, I think it was Christmas, yeah. because you got it at the D23 convention. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Jackie was there with me when I got it. Yeah, we met the author. Yes, so I got him a book called The People vs. Disneyland. And it's a book by David uh, Koenig. Koenig, I think, yeah. I think, and he's he's throughout the community of Disney. He's, he's pretty relevant. He's written a lot of books, uh, it, mostly on Disney World, on their secrets and things like that. And so... But he has written some Disneyland ones, but uh, and this, this was definitely a unique book for him to write. It's He's not like a law author or anything. He's just, he's a big Disney fan, and he wrote a book about, you know, all the lawsuits uh, associated with Disneyland. And that's, uh, like, and that's what we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss um, people's cases against Disneyland and events and the outcomes from some of these events and kind of get our thoughts like all three of us uh read this book um different times so it may be harder we may be (laughs) recalling from one another what they were pulling from notes uh but it was very it was very fascinating before we get into that though i'm curious oh you you specifically picked that book out for me i'm curious what made you think Mm. that i would want uh this book when you when you picked it out, hey, it's Disney. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. It was. I think we were walking around, and I walked past it, and I was all like, well, "That's an interesting topic." We went back to it. We went back to it because I walked by, and I was like, "I'm one of those people. I get a gift, or I like, oh, that's a good idea, and it stews on my brain. And if it sticks long enough, then I get it. And we got it like on our last bit, mm-hmm. and we had him sign it, and that, yep. and that. I just thought it was just. You like Disneyland, and it's a different perspective, it was. and that you would appreciate it. Which I did. You know, was, I know you, you read, book. but you're not like, oh, I've got to read all these books, and you're not like a huge no. reader, but I was surprised that you really took to I it. I did. I did. Like, um, yeah, I don't normally dive in, because like, there are a lot of Disney books out there that you know, I've enjoyed reading, but for the most part, I don't get into reading, but I, I like this book a lot, because... I felt like it was easy for me to like read a quick re- read a quick uh, story and then put it down. It was easy for me to pick up, put down, pick up, put down. Yeah, you could chunk um, it. Yes, the and, book. It was. I would say this book was not a storyteller book. No, no. <laughs> it was. Uh, here's the case. Here's what happened. Yes. Move on to the next one. I think the analogy. If I was going to tell someone with, you know, you read a story and you have the ups and downs. Like a meal, you have your salads, you have your meal, and then you have your dessert, and it's good. This is like eating nachos. You like nachos, but it can't, it won't 
it won't you won't feel satisfied at the end. You just you like yeah. you enjoy the nachos for what they are yep. and they're good, but it's not like it can't replace like a steak meal where you like oh I like the overall message. It's there's so many little messages and yes. themes that you get out of it, and it's just a pure factual book. Yeah, and you just absolutely. pull from it what you can. So, with that being said, I think we need to put a disclaimer out there. Very much. A legal disclaimer. So, with this being said, we, as the Matterhorn Yodelers, are not telling you how you can get away uh, with... How to sue Disney. Or how to sue Disney. No. Or no. we're not saying... In the end, you'll probably find us say, don't. <laughs> yes. I mean, we'll tell you what has been successful in the past, but... It's, we, we are not here to um, promote <laughs> the suing of, or tactics of suing Disney. We're here to review the book and talk about some of the, the cases. cases in the book, and that's it. <laughs> I will like to point out that we might be t talking about certain cases that involve uh, physical injury and things like that, so if any of our listeners might have sensitive ears to that sort of subject matter just just be warned you know we will be talking about injuries and even death death and yeah so there's, there's you, some you've you've been warned you've been warned <laughs> stomach churning stories but it should be fun yes so with that being said i'm going to start off there are unhappy guests and disgruntled employees and people get hurt every single day not and true and many of them sue Disneyland because of it. This is a line from the book, and I was just like, oh, that just sets the tone for it. And it's true. Working at Disney, you learn about Yes. And since I've multiple times, I'm going to sue Disney because of oh, you. Yeah. All right. Go right ahead. Oh, I, I mean, almost every week. <laughs> you would hear that. I'm you sure would hear, yeah. I'm going to sue you. Or I'm gonna get you fired. I'm gonna get you fired, yeah. or you ruin my vacation. Mm. All yeah. three heard them. Phased me nothing. It did not. And we me. always <laughs> end with have a magical day. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, people are very quick to throw. I'm gonna sue you, and surprisingly, there have only been since. Disneyland opened till 2015 from the book yeah, when it was came published. Out, yeah. There had only been about 1,300 cases um, in this book. And there's others that are not covered in yes. the book, but... Because a lot of them are similar. They're very... Yeah, they, there's a general theme, and they kind of just lump them together. Of those 1,300 that have been filed, only 265 have actually made it to, uh, to trial. That's one in four. Yeah. That's just... And, that just shows you like how effective Disney's uh, law team is in terms of making sure these 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 cases don't see the light of day. Mm -hmm. And of those, ninety five percent of them Disney won. Yes, I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And we'll go into also like why they have such a good record as well. Um, most of them, and another thing that I, I picked up, most of them are filed at Orange County Superior Court. So, home court advantage. Big time. And it's on purpose. Oh, yeah. Juries are local, and they favor mm -hmm. Disneyland. Oh, of course. And most of those juries could be employees. Yep. 
Yep. They're affected by the industry of Disney. So, again, it's an uphill battle to be a plaintiff against Disney. Big time. And, I mean, let alone going against a corporation. And some dark with Disney. Disneyland countersues with guests that cause disruption on rides. Mm-hmm. And for money lost from that being down. So it's another thought. They probably threaten, like, well, we're going to countersue you. Yep. You know, like, oh, you did this? Well, you stuck your hand out of the ride, and you did this. So it's up to you, but we will sue you. And it's like, they didn't go too much into that. No, they didn't. But they, mm-hmm. I think it's a, a threat. Oh, it totally is. That's put out there. You know, it's just, I was like, oh, boy. Disney's dark. not phased by when someone goes, I'm going to sue you, and go, Disney goes, try you are within your, your legal talk, right. Your lawyer talks to our lawyers. <laughs> Plural. Plural. Um, and although there are some lawyers that you read throughout the book that take it, or they, they take up the challenge because they know there's a way to do it or how to play it where you file it in a different jurisdiction. So you have like a case in the, in the 50s where they have no problem stretching it out for the long run. They will play the long game. Yes, to where will. people will just like, I give up. I don't... I can't afford it. I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. One in the 50s was eight years. They can play the endurance game. And what I thought was, I was like, wow, they, they, they play hard. The Disney will hire private investigators. Yes. To make sure, like, oh, you're injured? They, yeah, they'll, they'll hire a private investigator to make sure that you didn't have those injuries before or that you're faking it or not mm-hmm. like they there's no joke if, if you're filing a serious lawsuit disney is not afraid to spend a penny to make sure that uh yeah that reminded that reminded me of one um story that they talked about about how uh i can't remember which ride or which show but it basically caused she claimed that it, like, caused ear damage and couldn't hear, mm-hmm. and Disney hired a private investigator, and the private investigator saw her playing with her children, having a good old time, and said, this hearing impaired does not affect her day-to-day life. Yeah, they go to your home, and you just, they watch you. Oh, yeah. So, I was, I was surprised by that, and they have no problem with going into your health history. Nope. For pre-existing conditions they will pull for that just to make sure that you're not just trying to pull a fast one on them and they use it against you so with that saying those are some of the things we picked up from there and we're going to go into like slips and falls um what were some of the themes that you saw from the slips and falls you can't win (laughs) (laughs) it's hard that's yeah i think one of my favorite cases i read was one where a lady, like, she said, like, she twisted her ankle or broke her ankle or something on a curb. And when it went to court or whatever, they go, that curb doesn't exist. They uh, pointed it out. <laughs> they pointed it out. And they're like, oh, no, they got rid of the curb. So they said, no, we have maintenance logs that show that there was no curb there. You injured yourself. And they're adamant about those maintenance logs. Oh, yeah. That's, like, very important. Those maintenance logs 
are a constant theme of most of those cases of like little holes in the ground and things like that because they would guests would claim that there's a hole in the ground and they tripped on it and or like, oh, like the no the bricks are uneven yep. mm-hmm. and yeah I, I it's that's their biggest way of defending themselves is having that paper trail right there um one thing that i thought was interesting with the Sims fault the pavement where they said the pavement is within the coefficient of friction standards and is coated twice a year with abrasion uh-huh. to prevent that that slipping. Mm-hmm. And the other fact that I thought was interesting, Disneyland with the cleanup crew, they sweep up every 20 minutes. Disneyland is swept every 20 minutes. Yep. So it's hard for someone to go, I slipped, it was so messy. And it's all like, really, that's surprising. Like every 20 minutes we're sweeping. And it's part of the culture, right? When we were working there, you have a broom and a pan and you dust you're always picking up stuff yep always like even if you're not in your designated area of work even if you're like walking to work um the disney scoop the the disney Disney scoop that's it the disney scoop you just come in you pick it up you walk five feet to the garbage can and throw it away well then you'll see any lead with the claw to pick up trash and throw away Yes, the claw. Forgot about the leadership. You don't like, whoa, they're a manager. They've got a claw. That's true. If they're a lead or a management, they had a claw in their hand. This is right. And so speaking of leads and and managers, so when there's an incident that happens where someone slips and falls, the first thing they ask or like that I notice is, were you wearing any sunglasses? Are you wearing flip-flops? Those are automatic for them going, you were obstructing your ability to walk with having those. So be careful when you're walking around the parks in sunglasses and flip-flops. You're on your own. That's it. Well, and I remember when I was working at Disney World was the injury log um, in the manager's office was so important to fill out. Even if, like, you might have, like, pulled something or hurt your arm a little bit, like, pulling luggage or something. Everyone's, like, log in the injury log. You have to log it. Because if you don't log it at the time of the accident, there's no coverage. The, yeah, the union can't help you on that one. Right. Yeah, that's it's true. Um, yeah, and that's where you get the whole don't sit on the rails and don't jump on the chains. Yep. Because that's on you. The rules are there. There's a barrier there. And you read cases of people like falling over. Yep. Yep. Don't um, sit on the chain. You sit on the chain, you're you fall over and you hit yourself, hit your head or your back. That's that's on you. Yeah, yeah. there was a woman who was standing in front of a gate um, at teacups at the exit and she fell and she sued Disney saying like, Oh, no one told her not to stand there but Disney's oh yeah, like, the swinging gate there. Yeah, the swinging gate, and Disney was like, "There's a sign that says exit," and the court was like, "No." It's like, bye bye. Yeah. Yeah, and I, there was another. Uh, what is it? Oh, with umbrellas and trees. This is the one time I think Disney will. They they can't fight you. Is when a tree falls on you, yeah. <laughs> or an umbrella blows and pokes you in the eye because. An act of God, pretty much, is yep. the reason why, and they can't, they can't counter it. You know, all the trees, they are above 
eye level. Like, yep. you can't hit your head on a tree. You know, the umbrellas, I mean, they can secure them as they can, but there's wind that comes in and knocks them. But those are the only cases where they, like, they settle because they know there's there's no case against it. Yep. And so... I know recent... Okay. I, I don't know if recent. I think it was a couple of years ago where part of the tree of life... A branch of the tree of life fell down. No, but no, no one was hurt. But like, part of the tree collapsed. You're getting, you start to wonder, like, what's the structural integrity <laughs> of that tree? Because it's massive. It, it is. It is. It's getting pretty old. Somebody needs to water that thing. Uh, <laughs> speaking of water, it's hard to prove slipping on rides. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's you see it. You, everyone's got on Splash Mountain, and it's wet. Yep. And you're like, you slip a little bit. Good luck. Good luck, because it's hard to prove it was wet. You know, it's all like, there's no, it's it's hard to prove that it wasn't wet or was wet in that moment, and the logs get sent off. It's not, unless you're documenting every aspect of it, it's near impossible to prove getting, you know, slipping or falling on the ride. Yeah. I mean, but you've seen, with the amount of cases, Jungle Cruise. What happens when you get on the Jungle Cruise? Like, getting on and off. What do they do, Jackie? They always have a cast member there to help you with hand getting in and getting out. And that was because of a lawsuit. Yep. And so, it's, you know, it doesn't say if you get hurt, one, the unloading and loading, it won't, you won't win. But it's, it's they, they've learned and they cover their butt afterwards. Yes, and they do. They've had... 65 plus years of learning of what to do and what not to do and they're good if you ever wonder why disney has some weird rules it's probably because they got sued Mm -hmm. it's true because there was one uh shift that i had to do where at caribbean beach the main bridge was closed and they had a wall you know standard wall blocking it but as a cast member, they had to have cast members there blocking the wall because people would try to climb over oh my it gosh. for safety reasons. That's for another podcast. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I just remember cast member, or guests would be like, Are they, is Disney really paying you to stand in front of this wall? And i go, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes they are. <laughs> yes, they are. And because of these changes, it changes the park. Like I read, Sword in the Stone used to have a step. It's gone. Yep. Yes. They, they had to shave off some of the rock that held the sword in the stone because a kid slipped mm-hmm. on it. And then they got rid of the benches on the bridge leading up to the castle. Yep. Because, lo and behold, someone fell over. Yep. And they tried to assume, saying their guardrails weren't high enough, but they were with standards. And so they got it through with the gu- the grandfather rule, but they're like, you know what? We're just going to eliminate this issue. And it, it changes the park. I mean... Tom Sawyer Island. Totally different. Totally different. Do you remember the spinning thing at the top? The spin. The, the sh- teeter-totter rock. The teeter-totter rock. Mm-hmm. And of course, who can forget Fort Wilderness. Oh, the yes. Fort. With the guns. Yeah, the yes. guns you can shoot the, the Mark Twain with. Yes. <laughs> and you can shoot, you can shoot the unruly natives around here. <laughs> I right. didn't know very well. Uh, on, because of a tragic accident where a six-year-old was shooting, she slipped, she had a ring on her finger, and she lost her finger. And they so the, they took all the guns out. I remember I shooting do. those. I and remember then, coming mm-hmm. back. Like, I remember enjoying that. was like the funnest part about Tom Storage Island was like shooting the, the, the fake guns. 
Because they made a little sounds, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. made a little sounds. And if you like, I I don't I don't know if this is true or not. But every once in a while, like you would shoot it, and like I felt like if you like actually aimed at something, you would hear it ricochet. Oh yeah, there was a ricochet. That's true. I and so, that. and then I remember coming back like the next year and like looking for the guns, and they were gone completely. And I remember being sad. And then they closed the whole the that whole portion of the island. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the risk of, or I like this with the shooting gallery. Yeah. Where they used to shoot pellets. Yep. Yes. And then they have ricochets, and then they stop calling them ricochets legally, and they'd be like, oh, that was a, an, an unidentified flying object that hits you, and so we can't, you can't prove that it was a ricochet. And so that's how they got out of, of you know, collateral damage of, of pellets ricocheting. Yeah. And then they just got the you know laser system in the eighties, and that kind of eliminated any kind of issues with that. So it's, it's, it's it's interesting looking at like old footage of Disneyland and seeing like how that looks in terms of like the safety precautions then and to now. Oh, like, especially with Autopia. Autopia, even like the fact that like you go look at it and uh, you see like guests sitting in like grass and things like that. Oh yeah. That's not a thing anymore. No, they put guardrails over all that. Yep. Um, I thought it was interesting with the the animal horses. They used to have like pack yes. mule trains yes. and like carriages, and you just hear the stories of them running away. And Disney got out of the, some of those real quick, real quick, with you know saying, "Well, you got an, an attraction with an animal that can do anything, so yep. you assume that risk." And there were a couple cases where they. We're able to settle, but it was very minimal from mm-hmm. what I read, and so I was very interesting about that, and especially the pack mule ones. The where pack mule, yeah. People are getting stomped and and oof, some serious injuries right there. Oh yeah. And so when Disney sees like this is too much of a liability, they change the park, like Toontown. Toontown, big time. Toontown. Do you remember Toontown? You guys, oh, I want to hear your yes. perspective of Toontown. When it first opened up, those early years. I remember loving Goofy's Jump House. Oh, yeah. After reading this book, you're like, who approved that? I know, right? Goofy's Jump House. I remember you being able, like, everything was, so those who may not know, Goofy's Bounce House, well, Goofy's House, which now is just like this. A walkthrough? A walkish through ish thing. Like, it is a playground. It's a shell of what it is. It is definitely a shell of what it used to be. But, like, before, it was a bounce house. And, like, everything you can jump on from the couch to the lamp. Yes. Like, you can fall on top of the lamp and it would, like, fall over. And, like, oh my gosh, like, that place was crazy. And then there was. Chippendale's Treehouse. Yep, oh, the, the ball, ball pit. pit, the acorn pit. Yeah, you'll look at it and go, you walk through it, and you're like, why is this even a thing? Well, because there used to be a slide at the top that would slide all the way down into a giant ball pit, mm-hmm. which you can still see uh, yes. the ball, the the remnants of the ball pit. But they that didn't last very long, and they closed the ball pit. Yeah, for for sanitary reasons. Sanit- that for was sanitary. Same reasons. reason why you don't see them in McDonald's and Burger King and nope. all those other restaurants because it's just it's not clean. Nope. Yeah. Um, Donald Ducks, like. Oh yeah, like you look at that thing now, like everything's like roped off, like they've got netting that says you can't touch this, you can't touch this section of the boat, you can't. Yeah. 
Like, and you used to be able to, like, climb all over that thing, and now, nope. Nope. And you used to have the trolley used to walk. Or Jolly trolley, yep. Even though they didn't have really any incidents with it. I think they had maintenance issues. They had maintenance them. issues. It was, that was what it mostly was. But, like, you would think, like, a trolley around a tomb town where kids running all over the place, that would lead to a tragic accident. Surprisingly, it wasn't the issue. Yeah. It was just... Oh, uh, this is gonna be a liability. We know it's gonna happen. Let's just let's just bolt it to the ground, and that's why you have Toontown, just a shell of what it originally was designed. Lawyers got a hold of it, and they're just like they just killed it. They did. They did. Um, well, hopefully, it gets better when they they add uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So yeah. something, yeah, add to it, like actually give life to that park. It needs something. Mm-hmm. Because. You've got two attractions there that are out the- thematically outdated. Yes. You got Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit, who was in one movie, and it's not even really it. appropriate for kids. It's not even that appropriate for kids. I would agree with that. And then there's Gadget's Go Coaster, which most people don't even know. know who Gadget is. The show was only on for a year after the ride okay. was introduced. And then the show was over. But maybe it'll get, you know, there'll be new interest in it when they release the live-action Rescue Ranger movie. Oh, gosh. (laughs) We all know my thoughts on live-action. We'll move forward. Um, Let's go on to interesting cases. This is where it's going to get darker with the results. Um, I like this, this case where it's the sky bucket. Where the man, mm-hmm. he fell out. and So the sky buckets were buckets that went from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And actually went through the middle of the Matterhorn. Yeah, there used to be a hole in the middle of the Matterhorn. Yes. yes. And so this man, he fell out. Fell 20 feet, and he's injured. But he fell out somewhere, he fell out the one place where you weren't going to die. <laughs> and he filed a case... And he came out and he goes, yeah, I strategically did it. So it kind of made me laugh, but it also shows you, guess, there are people trying to get a payday. Oh, absolutely. And that was the one case where it came out. I mean, out. you see that all the time in the hotel industry, especially at Disney, where people say, I have bed bugs, or there are a roach, and there are, we, you see the our bed bug uh, like investigator, a little beagle dog, well, look. Oh, I didn't know you guys had yeah. a beagle dog. That's well, so cool. Beagle dog goes and looks for bed bugs. That is an issue there at Disney World. Bed bugs. Yes. So, I would totally discount what their claims for, but it is oh, from what true. I've heard. Yeah. I just know, like, with that case, the timing of it's really interesting because Disney was planning on closing the sky buckets permanently around that same time. And then this incident happened, and so they just like, eh, we're just going to shut it down early now because oh, wow. of that. Thanks a lot, dude. You 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 closed it earlier than it was supposed. I to. know. Mm. I mean, we've had we've got a friend of the family that they got stuck on there for like four hours. Yep. Well, that was one of the reasons why they got rid of it because when it would break down, it would leave people yeah. stranded for hours. And, and then they're like, well, you can come back another day. And it's like, I paid all this money to be here today. So <laughs> it's frustrating. Um, so I have one, People Mover. People Mover. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a sad one. Yes. The Disneyland. The funny thing is, is like, you don't 
I mean, I would like to hear the Disney World versions of issues with the people mover because they don't have gates no. over their, their mm-hmm. people mover like Disneyland did. No, people so. are getting hit or they're sticking their hands up or yeah. they're getting on the track. So my the one that stuck out to me, you know, everyone thinks, you know, you're like, oh, it would be like a train where you jump on top and you jump cars and stuff like that. Well, someone tried to do that with the vehicles. He tried... And he failed, and he got caught underneath it, and the guy, the the young man, was grounded up, and he was unrecognizable. Like they just said, they it was just a mess. And so when you say stay in the vehicle, you stay in the vehicle. These these motorized things are moving, and this is an omni mover. It only stops. When somebody pushes a button yep. or something is wedged and it stops yep. physically mm-hmm. and it's sad and, you know, young man's arrogance got himself killed um, as a result. So you and have... In a brutal, brutal oh, way. Oh, yeah. It's it's a slow grind and it's it's tragic. And you think, oh, Disney's going to, you know, pay for that. And it's like, no, they didn't because he broke the rules. Yep. You've got to stay in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Keep your arms and legs and feet in there. Believe me, we'll tell you at the end of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> or <yeah>. during. <laughs> um, does Space Mountain... What do you guys think about Space Mountain? Do you guys remember any of the cases from Space Mountain? Well, there's the big one. With the, the teenagers that came drunk. Into the park. Into the park. And it was so they pre-gamed. They were ready. They pre-gamed. They come to the park. Uh, the parking attendant... Go home. You're you're too drunk. Basically, mm-hmm. they left, came back, got into the park, and rode Space Mountain. And what happened when they were on the ride? One of them jumps off. He somehow wiggles himself out of the ride, and he flies into the wall. Yeah. So I mean, that was just like yeah. And then what happens? Oh, uh, what was the result? I wrote it down. Um, the person result the person the kid that hit the wall resulted in a month coma, and then he was paralyzed and he had brain damage. And then their case was they accused Disneyland of not stopping them because they knew they were drunk. They didn't prevent them. Yeah. They didn't protect them. Yeah. And. Yeah, there was a couple of, like, um, they they didn't stop them for being, you know, because they were drunk. And then also, like, the bar. The safety harness. The safety harness. And then what did they do? Do you remember what they did in court for that one? Uh, so they, 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 they showed them if someone could get out of there. Yeah, they brought a red vehicle. Yeah. There. And they tried to get, and they showed them, like. It took, like. I think they tried it for like two hours or something mm-hmm. like that. To show if it can be done. And it was done. Because they were saying it wasn't properly secured. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And they're like, even if it's secure, someone could get out in the right way. And they brought someone who's the same stature as, as, as the plaintiff. And I was like, whoa. That was, that was you know, they, they, they go above me. They will bring in objects into the court. Objects. Costumes. Costumes that... You know, one one of the costume cases that I, I got a good chuckle out of was 
I think it was Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh one? The Winnie the Pooh one where the girls, the woman's all like, he touched me inappropriately. And so they brought in, and at that time, Winnie the Pooh's costume was vastly different than what it is now. It was the big head one. It was the big head one where he had a honey pot on his head. And that's where the head was that, of the character. Correct. Or the character performer. Yes. Um, and so, like, they had to bring it in, and the arms... The arms were not in the arms; they were just like floppy limbs, and mm-hmm. so it, they they had to show says no, Winnie the Pooh didn't touch you because he can't raise his arms. <laughs> and it shows you the home court advantage too, because afterwards they did photo ops with Winnie the Pooh. Oh yes, they'll do photo ops. They'll even do special trips to the parks. They with love the jury. bringing oh, you through yes. the front gates. I thought that was so interesting how they will bring juries to the park to show. Like the ride-through or, you know, the concrete or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Just be like, well, it's nice and clean. We clean it all the time. Yeah, they are they are so smart and working the jury. I was very impressed with the lawyers. And just they're not afraid to nope. open up the gates and show them what's going on. Um, bring it back to Space Mountain. There was one case where... The front wheel of the vehicle broke off, and the car was dangling 40 feet up. And for 45 minutes, the police or the fire department was not, they didn't respond. Or not, they didn't respond. They weren't notified. Yes. And there was an, an urgency on the issue. And people, it took an hour before some people can get medical attention. And Disney had to settle out of that one. Big time. Because it's, and that's one thing, it's the urgency of, of the cast members and these situations. And, I mean, people were, were seriously hurt and they, I mean, that's scary. Could you imagine dangling 40 feet up in space? It's dark. You've just been battered. Oh, man, like, I was I was kind of blown away. Yeah. Put myself in that position. Not, so everything, we, not everything goes to plan when you, sometimes, when you go to a... The happiest place on earth. Yeah, and we're again we're going into like the one incident on Correct. a, a ride that's not, been around for fifty years. This is not something that and happens. Some a lot. of these cases that we're discussing happened early on when Disney opened. A lot of the Matterhorn issues I remember yes. reading was that where before they were on the computer system, it bobsleds were running into each other and there was some really bad accents there. Yeah. I we're not we're, I don't think we're gonna go too much into it a lot of those were crashing and um those issues uh let's get into some of the big cases big one what do you want to do the game changer the game changer do you want to get in columbia or thunder mountain let's start with thunder mountain because i think out of all of the game changers that's probably the most uh known yeah i think i thought columbia led up to thunder mountain it fed it a little bit it probably did but go into the story of thunder mountain so basically what happened was, I think it was like an axle or something. So when you're on the, on the train, um, you've got the, the section where the guests sit. And then in front, there's the locomotive. Um, not really necessary for the attraction, but it's for the theming. Yes. Um, well, something happened with the axle with that front car and it lifted up in that first tunnel it broke it broke and it crushed the people in the first row yeah it it lifts up and lands on 
the car lands on there. Yeah. Because it stops. The braking system hits the track, and it just lifts up and lands on them. Yeah. And it resulted in one person dying and one person being severely hurt. And they were family. And, yep. And that was that was huge. Um, and a lot of... And that was 100% Disney's fault. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was because... The maintenance crew had pulled it. They pulled it. And they tagged it. Yeah, they said there's, there's issue. There's an issue with this one. And then management was all like, nope, it's a busy day. Send it out. Yeah, Labor Day. It was Labor Day 2003. And the cast members were feeling like, hey, something's wrong with this after eight runs. And like they went on there. They're like, okay, this is the last run. And then we're pulling this. And they said the cast members were afraid to pull it because management – because of consequences of management. Yes. And that's bad, especially in a yes. safety situation where we're, you know, that's the number one rule was what? Safety. Yep. Always. And yes. this was one of, I think this really solidified those four keys of a cast member was like safety's number one. It doesn't matter. It tops all. Um, yeah, that was, that was bad. Disney had to settle and they had to, apologize of wrongdoing which was huge for disney to say we did something wrong yes and that shut big thunder mountain down for six months is it six months i think so i shut it down for a long time it was and they found that they found that that defect was actually in all of their trains that same defect was in all of their trains that this was from another thing not from the book but uh Something else. I I watched this video about the history of the Big Thunder Mountain, and they talked about how after they did their investigation, they found that all of the trains had a similar issue of of that axle uh, cracking or potentially getting ready to fail. So, yeah, that was a huge, huge, um, huge one right there. And uh, um, do we want to do the Columbia or Roger Rabbit? Let's do Roger Rabbit. Let's do Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Okay, so do you want to do the story, Jack, or do you want me to? You take it away. All right, so there was a four-year-old with his family, and you get into the vehicle, and now we go smallest to largest. In this situation, the little one was on the outside where he was next to the door. Mm-hmm. And if you've been on Roger Rabbit, it's a it's a spinning ride in a way. You roll in there, and it jerks and moves on this track, and you can spin it kind of like... Um, the teacups. teacups, yeah, very similar with that kind of wheel. Unfortunately, halfway through the ride, the child is outside of the vehicle and he's jammed under the the vehicle and causes a ride stop because of his body. And it basically folds the child's body in half. And at one point, the child was it stopped breathing and he had no pulse for ten minutes. And again, it was another issue with. Um, uh, the cast member not calling in an ambulance because at the time you had to yes. call into a lead and the lead had to call in yes. a board and the board had to call in here. And that's a lot different from what we did when I worked there that I could call 911 right away as a cast member as a result probably of this incident. And so there was such a long, oh, long pause and response that the guests got out of line and they tried to help lift up the vehicle off the child. Yeah. And it unfortunately resulted in um, long litigation again. And this was, I think this was, you know, this leaves a bad taste in your in your mouth for the Disney company because 
they were not very um I don't think they they did them right. It was definitely a bad time cuz all of these major incidences all kind of happened around the same time. It was a bad time for Disney Park management. Yes. Um money first. It was it was definitely a money first mentality at that time. Um do things as cheaply as possible with the least amount of workers and even if they would send things out even if they weren't 100% safe it was it was a rough time um for working in the parks and even being in the parks during that time period yeah i agree um and unfortunately the young man he would not live a very good life um or young child i mean he never walked couldn't talk couldn't eat solids and he died at the age of 13 so he only had 7 years and i think disney just paid the bare minimum and you can actually see the impact of that of this unfortunate event throughout all the parks in the world today because before all of these attractions did not have doors next to the attraction roger rabbit did not have a door it does now mm -hmm. you see that with uh i think the monsters inc ride teacups has it. Teacups. teacups has it um, magic carpets of aladdin has a little has a little door and that's because of this case so like you definitely see responses from disney when these situations happen so when these situations happen it has a big effect on the function of their theme parks and you know disney really refocused on safety yes and their did. leadership retrained of course i think you see i mean for me as a cast as a previous cast member i saw that where management really focused on report it report it and safety um for guests um yeah i mean going with peter saying with like Disney time period about money first. The Columbia boat issue was something that could have been prevented if they had yes. fixed it. And what I'm referring to is there was a tie down cleat that broke away that holds the boat when they're loading, and it came out. It hurt a cast member. It killed. It flew off and killed a, a man, or there was a, a couple there, and the man died, and it disfigured the woman in her face. Yeah, and the police showed up five five hours later, and they were guided through by Disney on the investigation, which gave Disney plenty of time to collect the evidence and present it to the police in their own way. And the police were like, okay. They just accepted it. They didn't get mad at it, and they got the witnesses they wanted that would be good in their case. And the insurance company didn't want to settle the case because they thought they had it tied down good enough and they went to court and the court made disney pay 25 million dollars oh yeah i mean to lose a loved one and then to be disfigured you know on mm -hmm. something over a maintenance issue and this is where you see like the insurance oh, company was greedy and they're like no this is going to cost us more money i don't want to do this and it cost them yes it did yeah, that was huge in the settlement. And that came around the time Thunder Mountain. And Same time the big Thunder Mountain incident happened as well. So, But I think Disney has learned from those incidents. And Absolutely. As you read oh, in the yes. books, you don't get these huge incidents anymore. No. And it's part of the growth of the company. Because they went through phases of like, hey, we're doing Wall Street. And it's all about the people. And then you got like a sluggish time. And then 
there's the 80s of trying to rebuild and the 90s of like okay we're booming and then like let's keep the money flowing in yep. and then they learn like oh we have a responsibility to of maintain like, maintain safety first um yeah um what are some interesting things else that you read in the book we'll kind of finish this up yeah right because it's it's hard to like because there's so much in the book they they literally talk about almost every single attraction so it's unfortunate like we didn't get to talk about Indiana Jones oh, yeah. or the Autopia. You know, those were big situations for the company. Back but, injury city. Oh, yeah. Big yes. time. You know, and it's it's interesting because, like, um, if you ever want to experience a Disney, tra- a Disney attraction and it's prime, you go as soon as it opens because... The first year it's done. The first year, that's when they start tuning things down. It's not as jerky. It's not as fast. It's not as... Like Indiana Jones doesn't do fire anymore. It's it's yeah. Well, it's true. Like in the book, it talks about like some of these after you know these cases, Disney modifies some of these like coasters to where it's pretty. It's technically safe enough to ride it where you don't need these safety guards, but they have it there. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting point you brought up. Um, I thought what was interesting was. The security guards. You will not win a case against security guards. Nope. Because if security's called in, you've done something wrong. Um, and the other thing was the receipt in the bag. Where Disney, this lady went into a store and accused her shoplifting. It's like, my husband has thing, And the Disney security guards would bring her into this isolation thing. And like they would interrogate her. And then they had these tactics of trying to like get you to testify. Even if you were innocent... By threatening you, like, we'll kick you out of the park forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, some dirty that's, stuff that they did. And they got in trouble with that, yeah. with those type of tactics. You're dealing with like due process, and you're not formally charging people, and you're detaining them. And that's where it's like, oh, yeah. okay, you're crossing the line. Yes, we're on private property, and you're a security guard, but you do have to notify the police if there's a situation. That kind of... And so that was I, was, I thought that was interesting. Um, Jackie, what was, uh, did you find anything else that you were like, interesting? Um. Honestly, what I learned by reading this book is listen to the safety guides, even if they seem ridiculous, there's a reason for it. Have, you know, have your child always on the inside, never on the outside. Listen to the cast members. Listen to the cast members. Be smart when you go to the park. Just because you're at Disney doesn't mean you won't get hurt. Be observant. Yes. Be aware of your surroundings. Watch where your foot's going. <laughs> like these incidents that we've talked about, yeah, they were like intense and scary. But for the most part, you're going to be fine riding these rides. You're not going to... The chances of you getting crushed or decapitated or whatever is very minimal especially now mm-hmm. um, with all the safety regulations and things like that so like I don't I uh, the last thing I wanted you, our listeners to feel like I'm never going again it's so scary these are like these 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 as the, especially the last three we talked about those are like one in a million situations so really it literally is one in a million situations mm-hmm. how many rides that are launched and people ride the ride yeah, I didn't leave the book feeling too scared, but cautious. Like, yes. you need to be aware. You know, it's not, Disney's job's not there to keep you safe. You know, it's your job in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, they've done their part. You need to do yours. And 
accidents happen. That's just how we know. And if you find yourself in a lawsuit with Disney, hope they give you a settlement. Yes. Because that's probably the only way you're going to win. And that's why a lot of these <laughs> cases, you know, a lot of things we talk about, those weren't cases where they were settled. Yes. They'll settle to mitigate um, um, publicity. Correct. That, a that's, PI nightmare. That, a that's, PR nightmare. That's what Disney mostly cares about is the, is the, the PR uh, nightmare related to these cases. Not that they're not confident in them. They just want it to go away so that it's not in the news of like, oh, this incident happened at Disneyland, even though if it's a faulty, not Disney's fault situation, they'll just settle just to get rid of it. And a lot so. of the times those settlements were so low. Oh, yeah. For the matter, like, oh, I'm hurt for this, and no. Nope. So just be safe. Yes, be safe. Be safe in the parks. And with that, we're going to conclude. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube. Eventually, I'll get caught up on those videos. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the, the name of the book is The People yes. versus Disneyland. Yeah, so please, if you're interested in this book... If you're, um, you'd be interested in any of the law aspects of it, I've got a friend that I let borrow, let borrow the book, and she used to be a law student, and she loved reading that aspect of it. So It has yeah. that technical read. Oh, yes. So it's The People versus Disneyland by David Koenig. And so look it up. It's got a, like a, a rat on the cover. I know you're not a fan of it, but it's there. Um, I recommend it for those who are curious about the evolution of Disneyland Absolutely. and the legal aspect. Yes. All right. And with that being said, Afidizine. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Matterhorn Yodelers. Please remember, before your bobsled comes to a complete stop, to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. <laughs>